Oh, beep, 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 beep. God damn. <laughs> That's the alarm, dude. That's the first alarm I've had to do in a while because this is the return, season two. Um, we didn't even necessarily have seasons laid out, but for the first like string of episodes for Hydra, we were just kind of winging it. And then we just kind of slid off the face of the earth. We haven't done anything for a while. Um, it's been hard to get people together, but... No more. I decided, you know what? We're just going to run on. Dylan's not in the house. Knox is in the house. But you know who is? Lucas DeMovio. What's going on, guys? So we're going to start off, kick the season off with Lucas. And we're just going to keep rolling with it because we're about to get ready for this huge Euro trip. The Myrmidons um, teaming up with Apex Movement. Well, not necessarily the entire team, but... Uh, um, Amos and Dante and of course me and Dylan are both Apex Movement athletes as well. Um, we're all heading out to Europe on Monday so we're getting really stoked for that. We're going to be doing a lot of podcasts for that trip. We're going to interview and um, do a podcast with all the athletes we meet up with along the way so we're going to put out a lot of episodes. So I just wanted to make sure first of all that I got Lucas on the podcast because I don't know if I'm going to see him before he goes back to east coast yeah when we get back and i've been want, dying to get him on the podcast for, for you know, since i got here since you got here which was how long ago uh i got here at the end of january oh my god so yeah. it's been solid four months almost and <coughs> or three months and we've just been slacking hard <laughs> but luckily we're getting it in now and we're also practicing at least i'm getting some practice in so the podcast in Europe go well as well. Um, we're going to have a beast microphone right now. It's chilling at D Dylan's house, but getting excited. Um, so we're, to remind you, in case you don't know who I am, you're speaking, this is Brandon the Beast Douglas. I don't <laughs> think that's going to stick, but call me that if you want. Um, my credentials speak for themselves. Uh, you know. If you haven't heard, just Google me or whatever I want, or Facebook that shit. Um, Lucas, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and you know, just in case for anyone who doesn't know you already, I think most of our, our listeners are pretty well versed in like the parkour community at yeah. this point because we're not a very big podcast. But for anyone out there listening, who's Lucas? Yeah, what's why going on? Uh, I'm Lucas. Lucas Tomovio. Um I'm just a guy that loves parkour. Right now, I'm just traveling. Uh, decided almost on a whim to come to Boulder. Uh, so now I'm just Yeah, training. why Boulder? Well, damn. I feel like it was a logical place to go. Um, the weather compared to the Northeast isn't shitty in the winter. So yeah, you're from, like, where? You're in New I'm, York. I'm, but... I'm from New York City. Mm -hmm. um, but before Boulder, I was living in Pittsburgh for three years, two and a half years. Um, and the winters suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like imagine Seattle, but grayer and a lot more snow in the winter. Like, you yeah, I don't even come... know Seattle's winters, so yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, Seattle's winters are just like wet. There's just shit. It There's just shit. Seems... Yeah. If you're just that far north and you're near this coastline, it's just going to be cold <laughs> and there's precipitation and there's just all there is to it. Yeah. It's just a formula for... A lot of gray. For just bad times. Just yeah. sad sadness for yeah. months at a time. And I was trying to find an excuse to come out here. And um, I saw Ryan's power program. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think 
in the same day, I saw uh, like a post for the Uchideshi program, which um, Uchideshi is roughly translated to live-in student. Um, and so I saw that, and I just like sent Ryan a message on Facebook, and I was like, I'm coming to a <laughs> And <laughs> Dude, he was like, cool. Oh, I'll yeah, you if you guys stop. aren't familiar, that's a pretty dope program, you know? I mean, I don't know when when you're relinquishing your um, stay to like the next Ushi Deshi, but uh, um, you were traveling with Dominic for a while, or he was there with, uh, yeah. with you, and then um, who else was doing Ushi Deshi at that time for like the last few months? Um, Dana was here for two weeks. Okay, yeah. Yeah, she's also from uh, Austin. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, we, the Apex Movement Boulder Gym like offers basically a place for travelers in the parkour community to stay. And basically for, what is it? It's a few hours of work a week. Yeah. You get to stay at the gym and get an all-access pass to all the classes and open gyms and stuff. So not a bad deal. Yeah, super legit. Pretty standard parkour community behavior, just hooking it up <laughs> for our comrades in movement. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, there's a power program. How did that go, by the way? You were part of the first, very first round. Yeah. So I was part of this round one. most guinea pig group. Yeah. forward to put together a program for parkour to you and developing jumping and like power needed for most parkour movements. Yeah. So, um, the, I don't know if I can go into detail, but basically the power program is based off of, um, developing plyometric ability and it's like from Soviets in like the seventies. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's fucking intense. <laughs> it's like, just okay, this is communist. <laughs> It's, you, yeah, USSR, communist this is communist Russia. They don't give a shit <laughs> if you break your arms or legs or snap ligaments. They're just trying to create the most beast dudes. Yeah, basically. Uh, but this is probably a watered-down, slightly, or more refined version of that. Less dangerous. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, I was, like, lifting a bit in Pittsburgh, doing, like, five-by-fives and shit. And what then, were you doing in Pittsburgh, by the way? I just gotta ask. So... Like what took you from New York to Pittsburgh? Let's get into it, man. Oh, man. Let's oh my god, Dude. let's just wind <laughs> down that road. We don't give a shit. We got time. Dude, that's its own story. So I was in uh I was going to Stony Brook University. Uh -huh. Um I got into college. Didn't think I was gonna get into college. That's its own story. But I got into college and I was like, I'm gonna be a fucking biomedical engineer. Like from when I was a kid, you know, a lot of people in the parkour community are like, I you know, I've always been doing parkour, I've always been climbing. I was always watching Discovery Channel. I, I <laughs> thought, like, when I was a kid, I was going to be a scientist. And so I went to Stony Brook. I thought I was going to be a biomedical engineer. But it was one of those situations where you don't get, like, the full, um, like, full student loans. So I, I was working, like, 30 to 40 hours a week. My parents couldn't pay for me to go to school. And... After year two, it just was like, it just sucked. It, it just is sucked. just too much. Yeah. beast. Yeah. It's like, and the biomedical engineering program combines chemistry, biology, and standard engineering. So just all the shitty, all, all the, the most heavy, like the, any one of those you could pick out and that'd be the one that your students or like kids are like, yeah, that guy's an engineer. He, that's why he can't go out. Yeah. Or that guy's a chemist major. Yeah. He can't go out. Yeah. Or biology. Yeah, dude, that guy's not going anywhere. He's at, he's doing 40 pounds of work every night. Yeah, Just I was sitting down like 15 hours a day staring at textbooks. Long story short, um, a startup in Pittsburgh basically offered offered me a job. They're like, hey, if you can come out here and make it work, we'll bang it out, build a company, and it'll be a thing. And I was like, you know what? I've never lived outside of New York City, mm -hmm. um, so let's try it. And so I moved to Pittsburgh. And, yeah, 
That that how'd that go? It didn't work out. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work out. <laughs> didn't work out. Hey, man. You a lot know, of startups don't, you know? That's just the way it goes, I guess. Yeah, but... But you just learn something, I'm sure. I grew up really... You know, like, I, I'm the eldest of eight kids, so I, I grew up really no, fast. I didn't know that. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Eldest of eight kids. Holy yeah. shit. So I grew up really fast. And then and then working for a startup and, like, having to speak to people who are, like, 40 years old and have <laughs> serious business knowledge at 19... Oh, my God. ...was, like, that made me grow up, like, really fast the second time. <laughs> and uh during this entire thing i was trying to be serious about parkour and it was just not... yeah how did you get how'd you come across parkour like between watching discovery channel and ending up in pittsburgh where you're now practicing parkour so what drew you in uh it was god i did a summer program at stony brook uh my senior year of high school and um i don't know if i saw someone do a flip or something but it got me googling and I think I found, um, like, Urban Ninja video. It's, it's like a, a Russian video from, like, oh, yeah. 2006. It's a really old video. And my mind... Is that Russian in... Climbing one, the old Oleg one? Or... It's not Russian Climbing. Okay, okay. Yeah. Keep going, anyhow. Yeah. But that, that exploded my mind. Because, uh-huh. like, I didn't know that people could do that. Uh-huh. And, you know, when you, when you get to a certain age, your ideas kind of solidify... And I was like, oh, that's like Jackie Chan shit that, you know, they use ropes and yeah. you know, wires and shit. And so when I saw it, I was like, fuck, this is a possibility. Like, I can actually do this. So me being like the obsessed nerd that I am, I started Googling like different parkour groups uh, around the metro area. And um, I found some guys that trained locally. I hit him up on Facebook. They blew me off. <laughs> and then, Anyone we know? Uh, no. No, 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 shit. No. Um, good, good. But did you meet Corey and Cece? They were here, um, they were here for like, they were here about a month ago, for a week. But he's one of the guys that taught me parkour. Oh, yeah. Word. But, um. Oh, yeah, I did meet him. Yes, so he was one of the three guys that taught me parkour. Dope. Um, and so, I'm walking through campus one day, uh, this, fast forward freshman year Mm -hmm. and I see these guys training and I just walk up to them and I'm like, Hey, are you guys dynasty parkour? And they like look at each other like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Who is this random bald child and how does he know us? (laughs) And I was like, Hey, like, I love what you guys do. Um, I'd love to learn parkour. And they're just like, whatever, just follow us around. (laughs) And so my, my first, just, just don't get in our fucking way. Basically, basically. And so my first It's year, like the New York uh, East Coast, like, uh, you know, I, I don't really, I haven't spent much time out there, so like, yeah, you hear dude. about it, and I've got friends that have moved to Boulder, and like, you're one of them now that, yeah. you know, has the East Coast, like, vibe. <laughs> and I live with Knox, of course, and like, okay. I used to live with Vinny Fiaco, who's like, also yeah. from Long Island love and shit. That, man. Dude, I love the New York <laughs> attitude. They're just so degaff. They give a shit. <laughs> just like, yeah, it's, it's what's up, it's what's up sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, you can know, be abrasive. Like, the middle of the America sometimes can't hang. Yeah, they, dude. they feel offended or feel like it's rude, but, you know. Yeah. Something you have to understand, I guess. You know, I, I, I go back and forth. You know, obviously, <laughs> I don't miss it that much or I'd be yeah. there. Yeah. You know? No, at the same, yeah. But I love it at the same time. I like everyone just being nice, too. <laughs> it's yeah. nice here, man. Everyone's just nice to me. Yeah. And they'll try to keep a conversation, you know. They, they have more time, it seems like, in the middle, yeah. you know, of the States. Yeah. But That's, you know, um, Joey Diaz, one of my favorite comedians, he has this story about 
the first time he moved to Boulder from North Bergen. Yeah, it's funny that Joey and Joe Rogan both spent some time in Boulder. Yeah, it's both, crazy. Two of my favorite comedians too. And we've talked about this a little bit, but yeah, go ahead. And they're both from the the Northeast, you know. Yeah, Joey's from Boston. Boston. They're both from Boston. I think. Yeah, and then um, uh, Joe Diaz is from North Bergen, which is right across the river from Manhattan. And oh, yeah. when he was growing up, North Bergen was a shithole. Like, it was <laughs> bad. It was yeah, like, that's like the jersey you hear about in like, the movies and like that, the jersey that, I mean, it's it's not what it was, but it, you know, the yeah. reason why jersey is the way it is today is probably because of that era, right? I yeah. Don't know. And he's like, he's like, I remember the first time I was in Boulder and fucking <laughs> someone <laughs> I like said, this Joey Diaz impression. <laughs> someone, said good, someone said good morning. <laughs> Fuck you, good morning. <laughs> Fuck you, good morning. Dude, yeah. you do a pretty good Joey Diaz. But, but that's kind of how I felt. Um, more moving to Pittsburgh and, and being in Boulder is like... Is it the same kind of in Pittsburgh? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's still it's East a, Coast? It's a little different. It's Northeast. It's not mm-hmm. East Coast. It's okay. a little different. It's, yeah. They're nicer there, though. Yeah. But, yeah, just having people be nice is like, what do you want from me? And then the, <laughs> the like, panhandlers on the street are like actually nice panhandlers. Mm-hmm. They won't like... Like, p- try to put their hands in your pocket to get uh, the yeah. metro car or shit. But, uh, anyway, that's the East Coast. And so, I hang with these guys for a little bit. And I think after, like, the seventh training session, they realized I wasn't going to go away. <laughs> Be- and they ended up telling like, me... Well, fuck, we better teach him some parkour, otherwise he's not going to be able to keep up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which basically, that's how it was. Because they, they told me later that there was a bunch of people um, that came up to them asking him to learn parkour. Mm-hmm. And they ended up just not sticking with it. Yeah. And it was the only guy that stuck with it. And so they were just yeah. like, fuck this guy. He's just going to annoy us for a couple of days and then yeah. leave. What is, why did you stick with it? I mean, just because um, there's something to that. You know, man. That like persistence, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like that anyone that's really passionate about it, about movement, about parkour, or about anything in life really. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the, that's what it is, is that they're not going to, they're they're going to show up regardless, you know? Yeah. But anyhow, go, go for it. Like, uh, why, why, what made you stick around? You know, it's really difficult to pinpoint the reason. I've always, I've been trying to find a reason to be athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and before parkour, it was hard because I hated team sports. I was like, really, I was a nervous kid, uh, kind of shy. At eight, I got alopecia. So I like immediately looked what different. What is alopecia? Explain. Oh, so... A lot of people think I'm like 30 or something. I'm actually 23, and I'm bald because I have an autoimmune disease. And this is just like, you have no hair, right? I have no hair. I think hair. that's like, is that the only side effect? I have, um... Or like... So, I actually have like a lot of dermal issues. Um, just my like dry skin and stuff, or...? Yeah, and like, I'll get into this later in the podcast. Oh, let's get into it later then. We'll save yeah. it for later. Yeah, but, um... So, I never, you know, I was never athletic and then I tried to do martial arts but then there were people just flexing too hard like thinking they were <laughs> shit and I was just like I was just not about that uh and so when I found parkour I was like this is the thing I've been looking for and didn't know existed and I've I've always felt like I missed the ball because I didn't start training at 14 mm-hmm. like all the other guys around me and I was like I'm just gonna commit to this hard right now because yeah. I don't know how much time I have to do this so yeah exactly I stuck with it and yeah dude that's interesting yeah like I feel like that's like something that I really can relate to with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that might do parkour, and I've always supported the idea of doing parkour, any activity, amateurly, or like as an amateur or as a hobby, you know. But 
I fucking take it serious, man. Like I, and like, and some, it's easier for me to relate sometimes to people that like don't need to be like, need to hold their hand, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're going to be the person, like I was the same way when I showed up to Boulder, one of the greatest communities in like parkour communities, like globally, I would say, you know, like I've been to some, a few, I haven't really, I'm, I'm luckily getting a chance to now explore Europe and see some more communities like the British communities and stuff. I can't wait to meet some of those guys. But you know, people will say like, "Oh, damn, dude! Like, you know, you you got in Boulder. Like, that's so dope. That's you know why spot, you get dude. to like where you're at. And it's like Boulder's a great place to be, but you have to have the attitude to mm-hmm. actually like make it work for you in yeah. the way that you want to. And like, no one's gonna make hold your hand, you know, doing this stuff. Like, there's there's New York guys, even if even if they are nice, you know, you have to be the one asking questions, like mm-hmm. making it happen for yourself. And sometimes I'm a really shitty teacher because I'm so self-motivated yeah. that when it comes to parkour, like I don't have time to like motivate someone else. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what I'm about. If you're interested, I can help you, but you have to be like self-motivated for me to be the best. That's the kind of coaching I like to do best at least. Definitely. You know, I'm not like, that's not my fucking calling. I don't think anyhow is like to be a coach, but, mm-hmm. but I, I do feel like I, I can coach and I can offer insights and stuff to people, but only when they demand it you know yeah like i'm not i don't go out of my way to like try to make someone do something that you know yeah i i did for myself like you know so it's kind of interesting in that regard but that's huge because the when i first started i didn't really have a scope for how many people trained or how good people could be Mm -hmm. um those guys so at the time when i was learning parkour i was training on long island actually not far from where Vinny fiaco grew up Uh and um there's a lot of beef in the New York community, so they didn't tell me that there was a bigger New York community. So because <laughs> they just didn't want they they just didn't they, they don't they don't they're not trying to advertise like other groups because they might not like them or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a lot of history. It's a lot of history, but <laughs> they just didn't tell me. And then I met Max Max Henry. Yeah, and who, was, by the way, is going to be going with us on this Euro trip. Yeah, and who I'm sure is going to make. Um, at least one episode, probably more, yeah. with us on this podcast because he's going to be there the entire time. But anyhow. Yeah. So I, I met Max and it hit me just how skilled like someone could be. Yeah. Max is one of those dudes that have that effect on you. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I remember the first time I saw Max, I was just like, <laughs> I was like a little mad <laughs> yeah, because right? like, I was just like, <laughs> man, what the fuck, dude? Like, I, I, I just couldn't. Like, I've always um, excelled at uh, almost, like, the, the wrong way. Like, I've, I've been able to get myself to do shit that I might not be prepared for. So mm-hmm. I might have, like, sloppiness in some of my techniques. And that's always been my struggle is, like, conditioning and making and drilling technique and making sure that I'm on point and, like, that I can be proud of the movement I'm doing and not just doing it and being like, well, it's kind of sketch, but I did it. Yeah, you know, yeah, I've yeah. never been an advocate of that, you know. And I don't think, like, I've been that sketch for many years at all. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I... But I remember looking at Max Henry and just being like, I just remember being like, man, if I was that strong, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be off this, like, I'd be on a totally different level. Because, yeah. um, I mean, like, I'd be on his level. But basically, like, I just remember, like, being like, holy shit, he's so good. He's, his he tech. was so quiet in his movement and so powerful. And it was just like, what I admired most was, like, the discipline. Yeah, that like was so evident in his training because that's what I kind of thought about. I was like, man, if I was that strong, I'd be doing some ridiculous shit. But I realized it's because like 
I was going to areas of my training that probably I shouldn't go to mm-hmm. and that aren't sustainable. And Max Henry is disciplined enough that he is always training perfectly. Like he doesn't allow himself to train outside of like good technique. Yeah. And I, I was allowing myself to train beyond my actual skill level. You know what I'm saying? Like hucking myself at shit or whatever, you know, not like dangerously, not bad, but like I, I recognized that instantly in that moment, I was like, damn, Max Henry is disciplined because he will make himself, you know, he's got the strength to do some shit. That's probably gnarlier than what he's doing mm-hmm. but he doesn't let himself do it because he's a fucking g yeah and he's like making sure that he's on point with everything and then he has this like better more linear like smooth upward progression whereas mine was kind of like jagged and i'd have like i'd be up here and then i'd have injuries, injuries or i wouldn't yeah. like remember how to do techniques properly because i wasn't drilling them enough you know yeah and it wasn't like as you know it wasn't ideal and it wasn't um it wasn't as disciplined, and I, I therefore I, was, you know, I, I think it was less. It wasn't as good, you know. Yeah. I think that style of training where you're, you're disciplined, you know, it it really makes you better in the long run, anyhow. And that's the hardest thing for to get across to young people, I think, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And also the hardest, you know, thing that I've had to deal with in training. That's, you you know, that's kind of how I try to train. I try to really focus in on the things that I'm bad at. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I was never an athlete, I'm, I'm so used to like living in my headspace that like, sometimes I wish I could just huck shit, you know? Yeah. Cause there's like several layers of like, <laughs> like physical and mental things getting me not to do what the things yeah. I want to do. Um, and so like when I, when I met Max, I was like, okay, a human being can be that good. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, I feel like that's the point where I started working hard at parkour and like being aware and started like keeping a training journal and like yeah. started eating, trying to eat well and you know, yeah, all this stuff. And that's, it's just been a, a continuous journey from then. Um, yeah. It's weird. Those people can have a huge influence on your training and lifestyle is like who you meet. Um, and I always say that it's no matter what, it, it's totally possible to become whoever and whatever you want to be in parkour without the aid of, you know, of like huge uh, pillars in the community and mm-hmm. like great tracers that you get to meet and free runners along the way. But it's so much harder probably than, than it would be like growing up. I mean, Dylan was like that for me, training around Dylan and the other people in the Boulder community, like just spurred me along like i i would learn like as an apprentice to them for for so many like amos rendell was a a mentor of mine you know whether he knew it or not Mm. you know as i was learning how to do parkour and teaching myself and trying to absorb all the knowledge through these these guys that i thought were you know incredible yeah but uh yeah that's it's really important which is one of the reasons why i'm here is that i've never seen such a density of knowledge when it comes to parkour, uh, not in the United States, at least, um, like the, a lot of the communities that I've seen are very dispersed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm trying to think about DC, uh, New York, Boston's a little different. I'm not too sure about Boston. They've got their own thing going on, but <laughs> Pittsburgh only had one person, which was, Man. Uh, Andrew, well, Andrew oh, and Piari. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I moved to Pittsburgh, I just randomly ran into that guy. Um, <laughs> they were like, so I was, 
I was getting ready to leave New York, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if anyone trains out there. It's fucking Pennsylvania. Mind you, I'm from New York, so I think yeah. anything outside of New York City is the wilderness. Yeah, it's just, so, oh, that's <laughs> the woods, man. Watch your back. Watch so, your back. Like, there's hillbillies in the Appalachians. Like. That's what I thought. I thought I was going to be in the fucking Appalachians, and I was like, oh, guys, I'm moving to this place named Pitt. Pittsburgh, I know there's Carnegie Mellon and then Forest. <laughs> I don't really know too much about it. And they're like, okay, look up um, Project 9. And I was like, okay, cool. And I looked at Project 9 and um, Project 9 is like one of those parkour videos that if you're interested in cinematography or you have a cinematography gene, it will like activate it. And you're just like, this was shot so well. This yeah. is such an like, awesome, awesomely composed video. So I saw that video and I was like, okay, I'm going to look for this guy. And I think the first week I was in Pittsburgh, I just randomly like ran into him. Mm-hmm. And he basically taught me um, most of what I know up until now about parkour and like photography and videography and stuff like that. So yeah. I've kind of been spoiled a little bit in terms of parkour. <laughs> I've like every place that I've gone to, I've found someone to like teach me something. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not the case for everyone. Like, a lot of people just, like, learn it on their own. Um, So I feel incredibly blessed that I've, like, been able to meet people that can, like, give me bits of knowledge. Yeah. That, yeah, it's a huge leg up. Luckily, there's more and more blog posts and, like, videos and just, you know, with the spread of the information over the internet and, you know, even our podcast is, like, hopefully making this information more widely available. Yeah. And, like fun for people to consume hopefully <laughs> yeah but uh yeah dude, that's that's dope so you were in pittsburgh you're working at the startup we're t- we just did like a huge oh yeah full so, circle but full uh, circle. uh you were working at the startup you're getting into parkour and the startups kind of failed or it, or were you still working on it you decided to come out to boulder um no by that time uh it was actually it's actually been a year since i've not worked with it oh damn um, so you were doing out there just uh so after, so I was on a lease, uh, when, when like I left the startup and so I was like, fuck, what am I going to do now? <laughs> and so it was just like, it was a couple months of like being poor and like eating like basically nothing. And then I got a job at a cafe and kind of just, it, it's really interesting going from a job where you like, there's media in your face all the time and you're doing interviews on Wired and you know, you do, uh, you get flown out to LA to like be on a TV show with Joe Rogan and like all this shit. And then you go to like serving people like mochas. <laughs> that's, that's a mind fuck. And I think, I think even though I what really... What was the startup that like had all this fanfare and stuff going on? Like what, what were you guys doing that was garnering all this media attention and, and television show stuff? So basically... We were at like the intersection of body modification and technology. Uh-huh. And so we, we made electronic implants. And they didn't do anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know how, I don't even remember how much I can't go into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's like trademarks and patents and. Yeah, all, all that, all that stuff. Stuff that you can't, like, intersect or uh, over, whatever, reveal yeah. <laughs> to yeah. the world. But it's. Um, yeah, so we ended up doing uh, working with this big body mod guy named Steve Hayworth, mm-hmm. um, and did like the most uh, advanced electronic implant, and that was done in Essen, Germany. Um, 
two years ago. Holy shit, it's been two years. Two years ago. So we were working in some like pretty weird shit and it was cutting edge and it was like edgy and interesting. And um, now that I look back on it, and I kind of knew this back then, it was a community that I felt like like I'm I'm all about the idea of augmenting and enhancing yourself because mm-hmm. um, I have that drive to always be better. Yeah. But I There's think... something about like a lot of parkour people, I think that they're, you know, that, that it, you know, it's all based around efficiency, at least originally, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like unwasteful movement and in a way like improving and kind of picking away what you don't need and like just becoming the best version of yourself. Yeah. And so then why not, you know, take it a step further and now become even better by doing some kind of modification. Exactly. I mean, that's something that I've been addicted to. And one of the things that drew me to parkour for sure was, was perhaps an even unhealthy obsession with like bettering myself. Yeah. 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 Just like I'm, I was, I just always wanted to be good. I've, I've like been bad with uh, being really competitive in sports Mm -hmm. um, and team sports and stuff. And one of the things that I started being drawn to was sports where I could achieve, but like I didn't actually have to get furious yeah. at anyone but me because it, you know, I liked it to be, to be on my own, you know, carrying my own and driving my own path. Mm-hmm. But like just getting, I wanted to be good in school. I wanted to be good in life. I wanted to be good in my relationships. I wanted to be a good athlete, yeah. like everything. And then, and you know, here I am, whatever, I don't know, whatever it is, but <laughs> But yeah. like parkour is like the side of it that just seemed like it's the most universal and like most it's so all embodying like movement, you know, art. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. There's something like that was very freeing about it, but definitely there. It it feels like um, I'm not sure if you were a gamer, but it feels like an RPG where there's infinite levels, infinite dungeons, infinite bosses. Uh, yeah. Like you can just. <laughs> Keep progressing. One hundred percent. I mean, like, I didn't use. To, I didn't gain that much, but I used okay. to play some of those things. Yeah, and it's just like that's kind of how it feels. Like the amount of skills, the amount of challenges. Like you can be like a Dante or like a Fosky or a <laughs> fucking Dylan or you. Like there's so many. Yeah, aspects. there's so many characters and just like you know, it's just yeah, it's really really intricate in that regard. Yeah, I can totally. I mean, the the game that I the only game that I really got into that was kind of like that was Diablo two. That was okay. my fucking shit. Yeah, when I was you know middle school or whatever, and I can totally see it like that where it's just like there's different characters you can design like the attributes they have exactly and specialize and just get level up level up until you're you just like who is the best you can game the best and stuff and you yeah. know, do battles and stuff, but um. Yeah. yeah, it's it's super interesting. For me, my motivation... Um, so I, I wanted to be a scientist as a kid, but my childhood was super crazy and like unstable. I was homeless at one point. My family was homeless at one point. We lived in a basement, all sorts of crazy shit. And so there was no environment that really fostered um, intellectual development. And so I was always... I always found myself like... Like I was the kid that was inquisitive but i was never smart mm-hmm. and so i was always like in the nerd crowd but i was like the dumbest nerd kid try working super hard to like <laughs> keep up with everyone oh god um and so i was like the opposite really so strange like i just wanted so badly to be the cool kid but i was just like <laughs> smart and like in all the nerd shit yeah and like i was in band and stuff and i didn't even want to be you good were a band kid? i was in band bro. what i played the clarinet when i was in fifth grade and i was 
just annoyingly good at it. <laughs> I didn't have to like, I never, I had this weird thing where I like was, I was smart and I um, was good at things a lot, like when I was a kid and I was really competitive, like I was saying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I don't, I didn't realize it then, but I, I did work at it, you know, and I was yeah. competitive. That's why in part I was good. Some of it was like a natural ability, but if I hit this wall at like in high school or, or started to hit the wall in high school and then in college where I was just like, oh shit, like you have to actually try. Mm -hmm. I want, and that's, that's one of the things like why I really like parkour is because it's one of the first things like that I really liked that I was scared to be bad at, you know? Yeah. Like I want and that was something that I wanted to overcome was like being afraid of being bad at something. Cause I was, I was good at a lot of things growing up and, but it was so hard for me to find myself, you know? And not only, you know, find myself in, in movement or whatever, but just like what, you know, or rather not just in life, but actually in movement is just, I think parkour is like even a greater challenge because you have to like try to make your own style even, yeah. you know, there's you know, on a football team, you know what to do, you know how to play the rules, but, um, and you can innovate within that maybe or any other team sport, but it seems like an even greater challenge to be like, all right, I've been good at stuff, but I've never really applied myself and I've never really face trial and tribulation you know it was mm -hmm. weird i had like this kind of opposite thing where like my family wasn't like it wasn't that a lot of adversity you know yeah and like there was and i was growing up in like a, a middle class like suburban like neighborhood and outside of denver and i just wanted so badly like all the coolest heroes like batman and superman were like orphans or they were ex-cons <laughs> or just like fucked up shit happened to them in their life you know yeah like i wanted my life to be fucked up so i could overcome adversity yeah and there just wasn't much adversity and like i was just so like wanted my story to be more romantic you know than i yeah. was just like some guy that just did whatever he was supposed to and he was like kind of a not interesting life you know yeah and so i, I really attracted me to parkour was like the idea of like Trying. actually having to push myself in a in a realm that made sense for me you know yeah um, I don't know, but that's I kind of cut you off, but oh no, it's fine. Um, so com coming off of that, and then being, at least in my view, a little too old to start something like parkour. I've always felt like I've been fighting mediocrity, mm -hmm. and that's one thing that drives me absolutely crazy. Like being bad at something means that you're a beginner. Yeah. But being mediocre, like chronically mediocre. Oh yeah. That's been like my demon. The like my basically my entire life because I'm like <laughs> I'm going to be a fucking scientist, this is going to be great. And then it's just like like dozens of kids just killing it above and I'm like if I work really hard and don't sleep, I can do it. And then I had a couple incidents where I found out people were using Adderall in school or yeah. like I had friends in high school where like their parents were scientists. And we're like teaching them shit, and yeah. it just like both the decks always stacked. Yeah, both or my decks. The oh, decks yeah. always stacked. Yeah, fucking ass. <laughs> dyslexic when, it's, when I speak. Uh, both my parents are immigrants and like weren't really into science and mathematics, and so it was really just me like like trying to hang on to the coattails of mm -hmm. really awesome people. And um, I have, I do have moments in parkour. Where I'm just like like really upset, and I sp <laughs> I feel like I spend more time being angry that i suck at parkour <laughs> actually training i'm just like 
Because I'm just like, God, Dude, God it's weird because it, it, it's different as our stories are. Like, the motivations are very similar. Yeah. And, like, I feel the same way. <laughs> I'm just like, I know exactly what you mean, dude. Like, I just didn't want to be, like, just medium at something. I yeah. hated the idea of that. Yeah. And that happened to me with snowboarding and skateboarding where I just, like, didn't have the commitment. And I didn't want to work hard. And, like, I didn't know it. Like, I didn't really think it out and realize that was going – that was – that was that yeah, that's what was going on. But, like, I realized that when I, like – you know, I think it was a year in my parkour training, decide, made a decision like, you know what? You're not allowed to just be like, oh, I'm too old or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, if this mm-hmm. is what you want, you need to go for it. Or like, you know, at least attempt something. Yeah. In snowboarding, it was like, ah, those kids are just too good, you know, beneath me. And like, oh, in skateboarding, it was like, oh, I broke my ankle. Like, no one really cares about skateboarding, you know? It's just, yeah. I was, I was denying what I'd always wanted to be, which was like, um, do like be an excellent athlete mm-hmm. or like do a lot of other things. I mean, that's just a facet of like what I like doing, but you know, I was always, always just too scared to even commit. So I, you know, I partied a lot in high school and in college just to kind of go with the flow. And mm-hmm. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, but I wasn't actually confronting what, you know, my aspirations were, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One of my biggest inspirations is this guy named Takuya Uina and mm-hmm. he's, um, I met him my first year of training, and uh, I actually met him and Joel on the same day, uh, Joel Egerman from yeah, Switzerland, yeah. and um, he was, Takuya was like as nervous as I, I have really bad acrophobia, and Takuya and I were like equally nervous about everything, he was like a little better, mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, this guy is cool, and then um, he, you know, we leave, last time we see each other, and I like a year later, I see a video of him in Singapore, just just shitting on laches, like <laughs> twelve foot laches, like Jim Joe laches, absolutely insane. And I I spoke to Max, I was like, "What the fuck happened to this guy?" <laughs> and Max was like, he woke up one day and decided he didn't want to be bad at parkour, and like sold everything that he owned. He went to England for six months, and then he he went to Singapore and like got a work visa. And I was like, "Damn, that's fucking inspiring." Yeah, dude, exactly. When people are just like. They don't make excuses for themselves. One of my favorite um, quotes, like recently that I've seen, is Johnny Bones. He's like the UFC pound for pound best fighter in the world right now, mm-hmm. and he's got kind of an interesting story because you know for a lot of reasons. But I don't know if you watch UFC, but regardless, he posted on Instagram the other day. It was just said, "No one cares. Work harder." Yes, and it was just like yes. it was just like so fucking to the point, you know? Yeah, I mean he's he's from New York too. Okay, and it's yes. just like. It's just like, that's what I'm talking about, dude. It's just like, yeah, man, like a lot of people are, just spend so much of their time complaining about where they're not and whatever it is. And mm-hmm. you've heard it a million times, but yeah, you know, it's hard to actually face it in your life. It's easy to give out the advice and I'm totally guilty of getting in ruts in my training where I'm making excuses, but I know what you mean, dude. It's yeah. so inspiring when someone's just like, they just do it, Yeah, you know, and that's, that's all it takes really is just. That it's all about doing. You yeah. just have to do and things. I, I hit that point somewhere in the middle of Pittsburgh where I kind of knew that the startup wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I've invested... Like parkour, even at that time, was the longest term investment that I've ever made in anything. Um, yeah. And I was like... 100%. Yeah. I was like, this... I, I've never loved anything like I love parkour and I'm going to be good at it. And... 
I, um, I enrolled into a competition in Connecticut, uh, probably got last place. Um, but <laughs> like, and I'm going to be honest, like I fucking sucked, but like in that same day I did like the biggest down precision and the biggest running crane I've ever done. Like it's full, <laughs> it was the first time in my training and it was like, I was at like year three or something where I like hit full flow state where oh, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I know like what you mean. everything dropped out. And literally this precision, there was a fucking water pipe above my head and I was jumping into a window with like, it was mm-hmm. like no window, obviously, yeah, yeah. but I was jumping into a, a window and it had to have been like nine and a half feet out and like fucking seven feet down. And oh, I couldn't arc because there was this thing over my oh, head. So you just like laser, like at it, or not laser, but just kind of just pretty much it. jumping straight to it. Yeah. At it. And I looked at it. Uh, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to do it. Cause I, I had these preconceived notions about what I could and couldn't do. And I was just like, there's no way I can do this. And there was only, um, I think two or three people that sized it up prior to the competition did mm-hmm. it. And you had two runs in the comp. The first run I fucked up horribly. <laughs> and the second run, I like, it started at height and I like almost fell. And I was so angry at myself that I just got up and I looked at it and I'm like, here I am. <laughs> I'm going to do this precision <laughs> and I just, I committed and it was like one of the best feelings I've ever had in parkour. And I feel weird about competitions, but that competition brought out something in me that I'm, I'm now chasing. Yeah, um, dude, that's interesting because I fucking hate competitions, <laughs> but after they're over, I'm always so glad I did them. Yeah. 100%. Uh, I got to pause this real quick because okay. I have to pee real bad. Oh. So we're going to just stop the podcast. You guys won't know the difference because it's just going to be seamless. And I don't even have to tell you this, but I'm telling you because I'm honest like that. And I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick, and you're just going to pick up right where we left off. And we're back. All right, all right. You guys didn't know, but that was about (laughs) two minutes of just break there for us. But uh, you were just talking about competitions a little bit and how we, I at least don't like them. You kind of feel on the fence about them too, at least. Yeah. But there's something about them that can really inspire you or bring in a different level of training to you yeah definitely um and that was the only competition i've ever done i definitely want to do more but it was it that competition marked the point in parkour where i was like i don't care how long it takes me i'm gonna be good and it like like i'm not trying to be better than anyone else but i'm just tired of being like middle of the road like you know he's got some flow it's like no fuck that i just want to be like I want to be dedicated and, yeah. you know, explore your movement. Yeah. Explore and what you're actually capable of and not what you're capable of if you don't give a shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that 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 marked the start. And then after uh, my lease was up in Pittsburgh, um, I was trying to figure out where I should go next. Um, I didn't want to go back to school. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go visit my mom for a little bit, see some friends in New York. Um and that was a weird period because I'd just broken up with someone. So I was just in a, in the slump and I, it was fucking winter in New York. So I wasn't training and I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> and then that's when I saw Ryan's post and I was like, going yeah, to Colorado. Dude. Yeah. It's crazy how life works like that, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can say whatever it is you believe in or whatever. It's just like interesting that sometimes those, those shitty times in your life are the most helpful in getting you to realize like i don't like this i don't mm-hmm. like the way this is going and you can make a change from that point yeah you know it can help yeah. shape you 
And so now, now I'm doing this, this kind of like Facebook video series called like fear blog where I basically, um, challenge my acrophobia. Uh -huh. I, I don't like being at heights and I like rails. I'm like, depending on the day. Uh -huh. So like, it's literally me just like committing to shit that I know I can do. Uh -huh. Um, and I feel like the, the daily aspect of it, or no, it's called fear, uh, daily. Like, the daily aspect of it is almost like a social contract. Like, people are now expecting me to do it. Yeah, yeah. And so now I'm, like, holding myself to, like, scaring the shit out of myself at every training session. <laughs> Dude, that's interesting. That's dope. Um, yeah, because I feel like some people naturally can just push themselves. And, you know, I've lived in my own headspace for 18 years. So, like, actually using my body to do scary shit yeah. is so completely foreign that, like... <laughs> Like sometimes standing at the edge and I'm like, oh, I can hit that pre, but that six foot drop is fucking with my depth perception and I'm just <laughs> going to stand here, you know? So, uh, I'm committing to really just like, just pushing myself as hard as possible. That's true, man. And I think it's a safe, it's a good time in your training to do it, you know? Like you've come to a point in your training where you know that you can handle that and you actually are able to, ex to distinguish between what you know you can do and what you're scared to do. Yeah. You understand like that it's an irrational fear or whatever, you know? Yeah. And why? It's funny because, like, that's becoming a huge topic for, you know, Dylan posted about it recently on his blog. and I've actually written, um, I'm writing, rather, like, a, an article that's also touching on the same t topics. Mm -hmm. And basically, it's, it's making sure that you're dealing with fear, like you're saying, every day mm -hmm. or in every movement, but in a healthy way. And so, like, I had actually been pretty good at um, getting myself to do things. But I wanted to tune in and hone in on what, when that was a good decision for me and when it wasn't and why. Yeah. And I realized like if I, like I was, there were times when I was getting good, I was learning a lot in one day and I was like, why did I learn so much that day? And why did it work out so well versus another day where I just wasn't getting it, mm -hmm. you know? And I realized for me at least, it came down to picking like the right techniques to work on. Yeah. And it was just all about picking things that were at my limit, but that I was very comfortable doing, but also catered to my learning style that I wanted, or catered to the style of learning I wanted to do, which is basically, I wanted to be able to go up to things, assess them, and do them if they're possible for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to develop a habit of training where I would um, pick things, and I would start small, that I had never done, but I was very confident in doing, and just execute them first try. And if I didn't land it first try, uh, it's bad. Oh, let's let's get that let's hot get that water. water. Boiling, boiling some more tea yeah. over here. Boiling some more peppermint tea? tea. Yeah, let's get some more peppermint yeah. tea in this. So that's damn delicious. I'll just kind of keep rambling on, and then when you get back with the tea, we'll uh, pick up. But uh, so it was just basically like I wanted to pick techniques that made sense, but that were difficult for me. And I call it like the zone of proximal development. Is a term I borrowed from like education. Um, zone of proximal development, which basically means like the zone where you're, the most learning takes place. And that's basically for me, I'm still working on the definitions and everything, but it's techniques that are right at your limit. They're, they're the perfect limit for you. So you can execute them and land them first try. And for me, that's the style of training I want. I don't yeah. want to have to work at things. And that's one of the reasons why I've tried to adapt this training style is I don't want to have to try it six times yeah. to land it. Because if I'm training at height, or if I'm training, 
you know, in Europe and I'm not going to get to be, spend like another two days there or whatever. You don't have that option. I don't necessarily have the option yeah. or I might kill myself if I'm like not committed on the first go. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to like start developing this training style where I, I always commit and I always go for it and always ideally land it on my first attempt. And it's called like first attempt, true attempt. It's a coin or a phrase that um, Amos came up with, and okay. I worked with him on this a little bit uh, as we, you know, seeded the the idea. And then I've I'm taking it further now, but that's an, it's just the idea. Yeah, it's just and then if you're if you're having to try it a hundred times for me and my training style, and you know I'm old too. I started parkour when I was 21. Okay. In 2010. Yeah. And it's just like, I've had the same thing. I, I and then I've had this huge fear about like my longevity and sustainability in my training because of that. And so I was really concerned about, you know, maximizing my training time and not injuring myself and stuff. I was like, I don't want to be throwing myself double front off of this wall four times and just taking mad impact on my knees. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it once and beautiful and do it right. And then just have it be done, you yeah. know? And so uh, if I'm like picking, if I find myself working on a technique and it's really difficult and I'm, I don't feel like I'm learning anything from each attempt, mm -hmm. I don't do it anymore. That makes sense. And I, so uh, Ryan actually, um, he gave me a book called The Talent Code. And uh -huh. what you're describing is called deep learning, where at every single attempt, you're breaking down the aspects of what you're doing and self-analyzing um, self what you're doing. Mm. And by doing that, you learn more instead of just like going through the movement and doing it a billion times. That's really interesting. Um, I was also introduced to the idea of the flow state. Um, this book called The Rise of Superman. That oh, uh, dude, I have to read that. I yeah, it's amazing. good. Uh, Max let me borrow it. And that like led me to the idea of like in most of your training sessions, you should be hitting the flow state Yeah. at some aspect or the other. If you're just coasting, then you're going to coast. Yeah. You know, and fuck, man, I did that for a lot of my training. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. like, just found where I was comfortable and just, you know. Yeah, did, yeah it's did hard that. to push yourself sometimes, man. Yeah. I've jumped in and out of like actually sticking to that style of training too. I'd get to a level where I'd be like, damn, all right, work's done. And you just kind of like. <laughs> sit there on that level for a second and then all of a sudden you look around and you're like wait a minute i'm the same or worse than i was when i was actually training that way yeah and you need to like keep doing it yeah dude that flow state's super important yeah. and uh i don't know it's really cool that we are all about it yeah i i found that um the boulder community specifically is like the most uh logical and well-read concerning a lot of this stuff um i don't know it's, it's i guess it's like the apex magic um just everyone's everyone that i've met here is talking about flow states or like ways to optimize training through diet or you know <laughs> and it's only it's funny because it's only at the elite level in other communities that you really find that from my travels oh uh, yeah i see what you mean yeah yeah whereas I like mean, you get the same things here there's just a very high density, especially the people that you're going to meet because yeah. you're, um, you know, you, you've been to Boulder before and, yeah. and you just, you've already talked to the right people and like the people that are running the community are like that, which is good. Yeah. I mean, there's still like, you know, there's going to be newcomers to the gym every day that don't understand or care to understand some of those concepts yet. Definitely. But, but yeah, I think that's probably, there's a high density of it and 
in Colorado. Yeah. I don't know what that is exactly. Well, you guys have just a higher base level of athleticism and athletic knowledge. Um, like, I was talking to Erica about this. She went to Ohio and, like, didn't know how unhealthy people could be. <laughs> like, like literally, you have people where if you're athletic looking and you walk into a place, you will get stared down. <laughs> like, that you're, people assume that you're, like, a metrosexual or, like, that oh, you're God, fucking, yeah. like, porn star. Like, <laughs> People will have, like, invent some Like, really why aren't you a morbidly sh- obese, man? And you think you're better than us? It's just like... That's what they say. Dude, <laughs> the guys they used to work with... I'm going to talk shit a little bit. I probably shouldn't. But they would they would smoke tons of cigarettes and they or, and, and weed, and they'd, like, offer it. And I'm like, oh, no, you know, no, thank yeah. you. Like, I can't smoke or whatever. And they'd always be like, what, you fucking better than us? Like, what, like what's going on? And I'm like, like, no, I'm trying to be a fucking athlete, man. Dude, like, yeah, that's so I, strange. I mean, there's... I've, I've read a book, and if you haven't read it, you should definitely check it out. Joe Rogan actually recommended it to me is why I first read, or actually I listened to it on tape, is The War of Art. Okay. And they kind of, they touch on this, and it's kind of like resistance is what the guy calls it. It's like chapters, like, 1 through 12 or whatever. And resistance is like, in people, you're going to get a lot of blowback from people because they're not, for the same reason, that like, you know, we were attracted to do, to being healthy, like, that pisses some people off. Mm. They're they're angry that that someone is like has the willpower to do that. Yeah, you know. I mean, some people just don't give a shit. But if they didn't give a shit, then they wouldn't have any blowback. Yeah, you know. For the most part, I feel like the aggression comes from people jealous of your willpower and your commitment to doing something greater than than just giving up. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people that you know will smoke cigarettes and work at a job that they don't necessarily give a shit about. They do it and they, they feel okay about it because so many people are doing it. Yeah. But I think when they see someone actually pursuing real honest goals for themselves and not just just being like, hey, like, you know, you're not going to do your homework either, right? Yeah. If y'all don't do our homework, then like, then we're all stupid and it's okay. You know, and then one kid does his homework, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't that, know. I don't that, like that, that analogy because school is kind of bullshit or whatever, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, it's yeah, just like, yeah. if there's just one dude that's just like, nah, dude, fuck that, like, I'll put the work in. Mm-hmm. Then, then, then all of a sudden, oh shit! They feel like less, which is not so not not necessarily the case. Yeah. But they they might recognize the fact that like they you know I think sometimes it's it holds up a mirror to what they'd want to do with their life if they actually wanted to have the willpower and definitely remove some of this like bad things in their life like smoking cigarettes. You know, it's like yeah. I've you know I've I've been thinking a lot about kind of my life trajectory and shit and I've committed to just leaving and going to a different place um twice this is like the second hard commitment the first one is <laughs> Pittsburgh um and like I you know I have a few friends that are kind of doing the like job thing and they're making way more money and there are days where it's like I'm eating fucking bread and shitty peanuts like, <laughs> god I just want I just kind of wish I had a job or like a yeah. place to like shower consistently. But then I think about it. I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm training with the people I want to train with. I have like, I'm doing videography and photography. Like this life is fucking great. Like this is yeah. kind of the life I like imagine myself living. Yeah. Um, a little rougher, but like, pretty, you <laughs> that's know, dope though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at least you're, you're, you're going for something. Yeah. You're 23. Like, yeah, I was like almost the exact same boat when I was twenty three. I was living at the gym, 
Like, <laughs> and he was taking showers out by the train tracks with yeah. fucking a big rubber bladder filled with hot water and at the sink over my head. Just like, you know, it's just fun. It's a time in your life where you can pull it off, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's fun like that, man. Yeah. And it, I, I feel like the same thing, you know. I've gotten so many of my peers and stuff or, you know, my mom's, like, friends, kids and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing some stuff. But often enough, you know, there's some guys that are killing the game and they love it. They love the corporate world or whatever it is and more power to them, you know. Mm-hmm. And I struggle sometimes with, am I really on the path that I want? So even in the life that I'm leading, sometimes it's like, am I really being true to myself? Could I take it even further? You know, should I live even more on the edge and like really try to do even some other shit that I might be really passionate about mm-hmm. um, and 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 stray away from some of my responsibilities at Apex Movement or whatever it is. But, you know, regardless of all that, like, you know, I tell people what I'm doing sometimes that people I haven't seen in a while or are friends of mine, they're, they're, like, they're what? like, what? Like, they're, <laughs> so, like, they're so jealous sometimes and sometimes I don't yeah. realize how good I have it because I really am doing what I love and, you know, money's tight sometimes or whatever, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter when you're doing what you like to do. Yeah. You know, it just, it doesn't matter at all. And, like, I, I'm i so happy that it's, like, as much as I want, I'm adamant about being successful and I've always been very ambitious, I am uncompromising about doing things that I don't feel good about or passionate mm-hmm. about. And, you know, some of my friends got caught, you know, after yeah. their college degree just like all of a sudden just out of the fucking blue being like holy shit i hate my life yeah you know and that's just like something that i knew was going to happen to me if i i was on the stuck on the path i was on when i was 21 when i decided to to switch it up and really pursue parkour was yeah i was like you know what if i go down this road there might be a fucking sad end to it yeah it's something i don't vocalize a lot because i am still trying to like accept it uh, podcast is a weird place to say this, but I feel like, <laughs> like one of the reasons why I left college and didn't look back, I mean, aside from the fact that it was expensive, I couldn't afford it. And I had this job offer was that it was the first time in my life where I started moving around mm-hmm. and realized just how good movement felt. And the idea of sitting in some cubicle or some lab, you know, mm-hmm. 60 hours a week. That, like, that started to fuck with me. Because yeah. I was like, I didn't know how, how good movement felt mm-hmm. until I started moving. Because that college is when I discovered parkour. And I was like, oh, this is just a hobby that I can do. And the, the deeper I got into it and the more dissatisfied I got with college and the college system, the more I realized I really, really fucking love parkour. <laughs> and, you know, the startup in Pittsburgh, they're like, yeah, you know, like, We'll have periods where we work hard, and then we have periods where you can just fuck off. And I was like, that will allow me to do parkour. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, I don't know, it feels like such a bum thing to say that, like, <laughs> one of the reasons why I dropped out was because of parkour. But, like, yeah. I like parkour that much. It's Yeah, dude, strange. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, no one can can really tell you how to live your life any, and, like, I feel like the only way to learn lessons is the hard way anyhow. Yeah. So like, for me at least, that's been the case, unfortunately. I'm, I'm smarter now, so I don't have to learn things the hard way. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's always been about being more decisive now. Mm-hmm. I've just been like way better at knowing myself and pursuing it since I've made that switch. Mm. But 
not necessarily just because of parkour. In fact, this is something that we want to touch on with some of the athletes we're touring in Europe with is, you know, your parkour gets a lot of fucking fanfare and people like jerking parkour off and just saying how great it is, which I fully believe. But at the same time, um, there's so many disciplines out there that aren't parkour that are probably as, as effective in doing some of these things or mm-hmm. as like, or more or not more, but just like any passion, you know? Um, I think that's what the, the key is for a lot of people is just finding what yours is. You know, a lot of us, it's parkour. Some of us, it's parkour and some other things. Mm-hmm. Some of us, maybe it's not parkour at all. But um, I think the fact that you found what you like to do and you went for it is like the most important thing, you know? And not necessarily that everyone should do parkour or whatever, but I don't know if you watched that Kai, Will- Kai Willis video. Yeah. Of yeah, just yeah. like him kind of just being like, it's just like any other fucking thing. Which yeah. We're jumping. Pretty, yeah. It's like we're jumping over some shit and you're probably weird if you do parkour because why else would you jump over some shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because there are a lot of like outcasts and stuff like, or, you know, kids that I feel like um, aren't. You know, or at least not that not, I don't think like normal exists. Yeah. But you know, when Aren't you hear people's standard. story, yeah, yeah, you just kind of like you understand like, oh, yeah, that guy. No, there's no wonder he's just started jumping around. He wants to do parkour. It's yeah. just like he's not like the dude. Like he doesn't think the same as um as like your average jock or whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah, and you know that was one of the reasons why I started. I felt I still feel weird about competitions is because um I. I was that, I still am kind of that weird kid, that, that <laughs> nerd, you know? Yeah. And there's so many introverted nerds, and if they found parkour, like, even as it is now, they would just be in love with it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if I found parkour as a competitive thing, I would lump it in with team sports and not do it. Yeah. And No, 100%, like, I never see parkour, I never have seen it going the direction of, like, a, a competitive sport. I'm not against competitions, yeah. but I've always aligned parkour and parkour culture being more like skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing culture. Um, what other like sports are there where skiing, I mean, obviously, yeah. like free skiing. Not, I mean, there's Olympic skiing and there's like the X Games and stuff, but and, you know, skiing's maybe, um, you know, I'm not in tune with it as much anymore, but, you know, at least in the Tate era, it's skateboarding right now, like there's... There's the Nike like street skate, I forget tour or whatever. I don't even know what it's called. There's X Games for skateboarding, and there's some various competitions probably for skateboarding. But none of that shit really matters. What matters to skateboarders is <coughs> people coming out with video parts and expressing themselves in an original way. And like there's team videos and stuff, but the team videos aren't like us versus anyone else. It's yeah. just like check us out and like us as individuals and like expressing our personality and just showcasing like our styles and whatever. Yeah. And I, I've never seen parkour going the way of like, I, I can't even think. I mean, there's some martial arts where, you know, I feel like it kind of almost has to go that way. Cause how do it's you combat, combat, yeah. you know, but like even yeah. with Brazilian jitsu, it's like most people do jujitsu not to win competitions, but True. to just, know themselves you know yeah and i feel like parkour is way more like that and always will be as opposed to like um you know let's get the best athletes like some people are doing it for the money or whatever yeah i think it's always going to be a passion activity but um you know anything else is like anything is but uh yeah i definitely hope that 
there's like more opportunities to make yeah make money yeah know? just because you dump like five six seven ten years into it and it's after a while it's like okay i, <laughs> I want to like afford dinner yeah 100 percent, dude i mean like <laughs> You know, there that's another issue that we're gonna have to confront, especially in this era, like where we're kind of like in this dogtown Z boys, like people are becoming famous, people are becoming free running is their only job mm-hmm. or something along that line. And it, and you know, you have to embrace it, I think. And I mean, obviously we wanna hold on to some of the ideals from the past, but let's not get ridiculous. I mean, yeah. some ideals are stupid as shit, or Definitely. like some of the ideals need to be amended. You know, and uh, I, I can't wait to see where it goes because I, I really believe that it's it's going to go in the right direction. Yeah. I, I feel like it can't fail. There's too many awesome people doing it right now. And, oh, definitely not. And everyone's doing it the right way that that is at the top, really. Yeah. You know, anyone that you come across, you know, I, anyone that I've met at least in person, you maybe hear some stories here and there, but they're all legit, you know. Yeah. One of the niches that I found that I'm really trying to like – explore and kind of live in is um i really enjoy shooting parkour and editing videos that's that's one thing that like crept up on me that i didn't expect that i'd love so much i really love it and um like i'm inspired by the ampersand guy and the visa v guys that guy is dope they make such good videos oh and my god like every time i edit a video i watch an ampersand video or, oh, or yeah. like i watch a cup video or something you know to like get the creative juices flowing and i feel like as parkour grows there will be more opportunities exactly for that's what i'm saying like i related to skiing like you know if you're not a lot of people won't know this shit but mm-hmm. you know when i was growing up ski movies that came out where like there's production companies and it's weird there's different models like i'm not sure which one parkour is going to take yet for like skateboarding for example there's team videos that are from brands so basically like a brand like merm or a brand like Farang where you're selling clothes um, or maybe a brand like Adidas like like starts to make a really good parkour shoe. He makes it for parkour athletes and like parkour athletes are sponsored. All of a sudden they have a parkour team on Adidas or some shit, right? They make a video and they're putting all the money into the production and the athletes just kind of be athletes and mm-hmm. they get to film their part however they want. So then there's like people that are passionate about making film like you. Um, but in that setup, in that like business model, it's, it's the bottom line is selling the shoes. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's other models like in skiing, there's actual production monkey mon- or production companies. Production monkeys, the <laughs> probably they are. But like there's production companies like like Viziv Productions is kind of like at the forefront of this. I'm just gonna keep talking. You can keep going. Um, Viziv Productions is kind of like Matchstick Productions was to skiing, or there's like Poor Boys Productions in skiing, and their bottom line is not to sell video, like to, not to sell shoes or clothes, but yeah. to sell the video. Yeah, and like they they are just known for making really good videos, and they you know get sponsorships, and then they get the best athletes, and they do kind of the same thing. They just like let's film some crazy shit with these athletes, whatever they want to do, or yeah. you know whatever the concept is for the film. And so yeah, like I think it's really cool that parkour is going to be taking this shape now, where there's going to be more positions for people to be in. You know, there's going to be athletes that are, you know, competition athletes. Again, I think that competition athletes are not going to be the only thing. Like, no one's... Sean White was a beast snowboarder. Mm -hmm. 
and was sponsored well before he was like winning, you know, X Games and shit. Like, or, you know, winning the X Games is all right, but no one really gives a shit. People want to see Sean White's video part for, you know, his big video or Travis Rice in Red Bull Art of Flight and shit. Mm -hmm. Like, those are the things that count. That's why I like, you know, what, where I see parkour going and that's why I like the direction parkour is going is, yeah, Travis Rice competes. Travis Rice competes in the X Games, but whether or not he wins gold is is pretty negligible. It's kind yeah. of cool to see, you know, and I don't even know if that, you know, parkour will ever get to that level. Maybe mm -hmm. they will. And if they do, awesome. But, you know, hopefully it's through a company that's, um, you know, eventually I think most models and, and the way like, the way that progressive culture seems to be going is like we're not going to be okay with x games even holding that competition because x games doesn't give a shit about the athletes they're trying to make money yeah and like it's going to always want to be circled back to people who are actually passionate about doing the right doing it the right way mm -hmm. and red bull you know i got nothing against them because they are providing a cool platform for now but you know eventually there's going to be the coolest the coolest stuff and the coolest things that real people that are or that people that are really passionate about core are going to be into parkour are going to be into are the grassroots sponsored shit and the shit Definitely. that's owned and operated by legends, you know, like yeah. in skateboarding, there's this dude, Andrew Reynolds, who's like one of my favorite skateboarders of all time. He's actually called the boss, you know, Posh is the boss. In parkour. <laughs> and in skateboarding, Andrew Reynolds is the boss. He's got the same nickname and this, and you know, he's got a company, Baker skateboards and like they'll put on events or, or thrasher magazine is that's owned and operated by like, you know, true skateboard enthusiasts or like OGs from like when, you know, maybe their legs don't work anymore, but they mm -hmm. still love skateboarding and they understand it and they're making the content and like Thrasher puts on a competition called um, King of the Road, yeah. which is out on YouTube, which is really good series if you haven't seen that. Um, I don't know. I'm rambling on, but no, the shit's but good, yeah, keep it going. Keep it going here. Yeah. Like what, tell us about like your cinematography pa passion a little bit and then we can get into some fan questions. Yeah, definitely. Um, so... Man, I started making videos, um, fuck, I think my first video was the first time, maybe the second time I trained with Max, because mm -hmm. I remember that video specifically, and um, it was just throwing together videos on, um, god, it was some, I don't even remember the program, it was shitty, the editing was shitty, but I remember throwing the edit together and just being so proud of it. I was like, this is fucking great. <laughs> um, and I kind of just did that a little bit. And then uh, it was after moving to Pittsburgh and um, kind of learning under Andrew and like seeing how he, how he filmed. Like there, what the community there is really small. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of his runs for Project 9, I filmed or PRA filmed. And so I got really good at working a camera. Nice. And... Um, then I lived with him for a year, and I really got to see what his workflow was like. And it was during that time that that my passion for putting together a story really activated. Um, so yeah, I think like there's a lot of good movers out there, but putting together a good video. Yeah, it's hard to do both, right? Yeah, now. yeah. And you know, it's like you can't like. Yeah, there's like movies that Quentin Tarantino directs that he's in, mm -hmm. but he's not the lead role. You know, he can't yeah. do the best job at directing and, like, the best job at acting at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's the same thing for parkour videos. Eventually, it's like, you want to specialize. Yeah. If you're passionate about directing a film and telling a story, 
that can be what you're really good at. And, you know, if you're just a dude that's really good at jumping around, then you can just do that. And yeah. there's going to be renaissance men and shit that do it both. Do it both, And yeah. that's, you know, that's, that's, that's awesome if there is. But it's even just as awesome that there's going to be people that, you know, like Giles yeah. with Vizzy Productions that, you know, is, has made it his niche right now that he's like fucking G. He, he works with parkour athletes. He knows probably so much more than anyone else about how to film mm-hmm. for parkour athletes that, you know, he's, he's um, indispensable probably in a lot of ways to like so many of those teams that use him and, yeah. and those tours. And that's pretty much my, my goal at this point. Um, I mean, since I left college, I haven't had a long-term goal, but I'm starting to rebuild a long-term goal. And I, I want to, as parkour grows, I want to start to be like a, that go-to camera guy. Like, mm-hmm. oh, is he in town? Okay. Like, let's get him because he's going to throw, throw together some like dope shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I definitely want to train and push myself as far as I can, but in terms of like like being a professional, I want to really, really get into cinematography and photography for parkour. Dude, that's dope, man. And I hope that we can use you yeah, in a Merm project in the near future. That would be dope. <laughs> because I like honestly like I love both sides of it too, mm-hmm. but I want to be able to step away from the camera sometimes, you know, yeah. and just be the guy jumping around. Yeah. And, but have someone that knows what the fuck they're doing when they're filming you. Yeah. You know, I love telling a story and I love editing video just like you. So I'm all about both. And, uh, you know, I've edited like a few of the videos on the Myrmidons channel and, and the Merm channel, excuse me, but like the Myrmidons video and whatnot. And, but it's, it's a beast sometimes we're about to embark on this documentary tour and we're going to be filming and doing jumps and stuff. But, um, I think me and Dylan both realized that we're going to have to really work at the, the filming side of it more mm-hmm. than we've ever worked. And, uh, the, the athletics side of it might, you know, need to be more sparring and stuff like, yeah, this is going to be an awesome trip for us, but we're also going to be trying to capture a story and tell a story with this film. And not necessarily worried about like getting our best tricks, which is just like different yeah. side of looking at it. You know, yeah. obviously we're gonna try to beast out and have as much fun training as we possibly can, but um, there's important other motivations for this trip. Yeah, it's hard doing both. I definitely, yeah. I definitely want to be that guy, um, you know, with the with the camera, filming athletes at their best instead of having them having to like worry about both. It's like, yeah, don't fucking worry about it. I got the angle. Yeah, we're good. Hey, we're good. You're queued up. It's going to look dope. You just worry about you. And yeah. that helps so much with the athletes too. It's like, man, that's why we were really trying to get this gimbal. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's going to work out unfortunately, but we were trying to get this gimbal because it can be a pain in the dick if you get the shot and all of a sudden, oh, you didn't actually get it because it wasn't pointing the right direction or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. they, the gimbal is just like a, a really good stabilization system that's going to make things look more consistently good. So yeah. athletes don't have to redo shit and whatever. Yeah. But it's all part of the game. But yeah, dude, I'm, I'm excited. Um, all right, we're getting into the the later minutes of this. Let's go ahead and get into We only have two fan questions, but oh, damn. let's just address them. It's cool. It's cool. We gave a no notice. We literally, <laughs> I posted this about five or ten minutes before we hit record. Um so let's go ahead and get these fan questions answered, and then I think it'll be a good a good wrap on this first episode of the yeah, season. I'm pretty stoked on this, dude. You've been a great guest. All right. Sarah Page Gronwald, do you know her? Yes. Remember her, of course? She goes, Lucas! Big old smiley face. What <laughs> you doing? What are your thoughts on parkour while traveling? In parentheses, she goes, how would your training be in a different, unfamiliar place with possibly different culture? 
Also, I dare you guys to both make the weirdest sound you know how to make. So we'll do that maybe second. Um, <laughs> I'm going to think about that. We've kind of addressed some of this already, but yeah. um, just to remind you, she's just saying, what are your thoughts on parkour while traveling? How would your training be different in an unfamiliar place with different culture? Yeah, uh, parkour while traveling, for me it's hard because I really like to train repetition. Um, I like that Spanish style of movement where it's like beautiful and crisp because mm -hmm. they've done it a hundred times. And so going to new places is difficult, especially when you're with a new group and they're all hitting shit and you like need a second to queue up. That's the worst, dude. <laughs> Someone takes you to their hometown shit and they, you know, like they've done it a hundred times yeah. and you're just like, they're like, yeah, man, there's like this little plyo here and they just kind of like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. And you're just like, well, shit, bro. <laughs> I, uh... I don't know that surface yet. Like I'm not. I, I've barely gotten to know. I gotta sniff this spot's ass a little bit, you know, yeah, just yeah, to get yeah. to know it. Yeah. So um, parkour while traveling is difficult, but I'm trying to to adapt to it. Another aspect that I wanted to touch on real quick is that um, I I've lived on my own since I've been 19. So all of my traveling is pretty much like without a solid lifeline, which makes it interesting because like. After traveling's done, I don't go home to like my live to with my parents' house. So yeah. I have to figure out on the fly how to make money for food and training hard while like eating a little bit and like worrying about money is its own dimension. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's one thing. I like. I'm actually writing like a series of short stories on like travels and yeah, like living solo but that's, that's so important dude. yeah that's another aspect of travel that's super cool yeah that's something that like yeah that's like the dream job you know eventually you're like completely mobile you know yeah. working from anywhere being paid to go somewhere and work there and you know that's where some people are already at and that's where i'm headed i think that's what i, I want so that's what i'm and trying to do and that's what you're working at yeah it's, yeah it's cool um so yeah even if we even when we have these dope lives there's struggles <laughs> and like i think that's part of it is like you're always reaching you know yeah like it's never bad to to be really you know you should always be grateful for your app but you should mm -hmm. also always you know not maybe you should but i think um if you're not reaching further you're not trying to push yourself to the next level or get even better and next day next like tier of like your goals then then you're just not doing shit so what do you yeah. do Hold on. All right, what's the weirdest sound you can make? Or do you back out on this dare? I back out. Sarah, you beat me. Um, I'm not going to back out. I, I don't know what the weirdest sound I know how to make is. I'm just going to try to make a really weird sound. Okay. And it might be the weirdest one I know how to make. might not be. I don't practice this kind of shit. But here's a sound I'm going to get. That was my sound. Cool. I, I felt pretty weird. I co-signed it a little bit. There you go. Yeah, we just... We just tag-teamed that weird sound. So thanks for the question, Paige. Um, all right. Next up, Mark Sanchez. Last question. How has the break been? What's been something you've looked forward to since the last height drop? So this is probably for me more. Um, and probably for Dylan. You know, if he assumed that Dylan or Knox was going to be here too. Sorry if you did. But uh, break's been good. We've just been super busy, like... Just getting a lot of other shit done. Uh, training. I've had to deal with some weird like body stuff where I've mm. just been like refining my body, making sure that I'm 100%. I've now I've never felt stronger. I'm really stoked on that. But break's been good. I don't know. Like I, that's what I love about like especially high drop. 
there's like literally no frame. No one really gives a shit. I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I want to do it because I like to push myself to, you know, be accountable for like episodes or just make myself work on skills like public speaking and stuff. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like that's the best thing is like I'm always trying to find win-win situations. I do the podcast because I want to do a podcast, but also because I want to improve like on these skills and I'm interested in like that area of the career, you know? Yeah. They're like, you know, Joe Rogan's one of my biggest heroes and like what one of the things that he does on top of being a martial artist and a comedian is he comments on the UFC fights and it's like, that would be, uh, it always seemed like a really cool job. He's like, well, if it does, let's say that it does get to a point where there's mad competitions and parkour, I wouldn't mind being the dude talking about it because yeah. I would know about it or I'm comfortable on talk, talking about it. So You have a good announcer voice. Oh, that thank you very much. <laughs> so, you know, that's part of the reason. And, you know, another thing was I was scared to do it because it's scary to talk for an hour and a half because yeah. you have to be, like, honest. You know, you can't be bullshitting for an hour and a half. So it's, like, way to keep myself more honest and really make myself think about some of the things in my life. So, yeah. I don't know. But break's been good. I'm stoked that we're getting back into it because... Um, you know, I, I love these long form conversations and it's, it's another, the other thing about podcasts that's so great is it's an excuse to sit down with your friends and people that you want to talk to anyhow and have a reason to like really sit down and talk to them. Yeah. Cause you know, so, much, so often, like even if you're traveling, you're having a good time, but you know, you don't you always get, get to know some people. You don't yeah. always get to get to go deep and then you get to not only go deep with someone, but share it with, you know, the rest of the PowerPoint community. So that's what I've been looking forward to is really just getting back into it. Obviously, this Euro trip, can't fucking wait. We leave on Monday. <laughs> it's fucking, what is it, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm four days away. God I'm damn, gonna be going. Dude. I'm going to be on a plane to Iceland and from there going to Oslo and then Helsinki. Damn. Um, I can't wait. I've never been to Europe. This has been like a dream of mine for so long is to is to travel to Europe with a real purpose and... But also, it's 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 in its own adventure. You know, yeah. I've always wanted to do like the backpack through Europe and whatever. But it's it's even more special to me because I'm doing something that I'm really interested in, love and passionate about. Making this film, I'm going to be training and meeting like some of my heroes and people I'm stoked on. Get to shoot the shit with all these guys and just have like, you know, a whole bunch of slew of memories. And uh, and I, I've never felt stronger like I was saying in my training. So it's I feel like it's a perfect time for me to go and. I don't know. I'm just fucking can't wait. I'm so pumped. Um, and I'm I'm so stoked year. that like one of the best teams in America is like going to Europe. Oh, bro. We need Thanks, some bro. good representation <laughs> out there, dude. I swear to God. Yeah, like... we have to get back into this another time because it's such a huge thing. But yeah. the Euro. I mean, we've talked about it before. <laughs> but the Euro Europe versus USA feud is still alive and well, and, and it's just funny. We, you know what though? I don't really. I don't count Boulder and Denver. As like the rest of the U.S., that's 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 another discussion. That's there's been so many fucking troll posts. I accidentally, before we wrap up, yeah, I yeah, accidentally started like a massive flame war on Facebook because <laughs> I I posted like I fucking love like the Boulder community and whatever, and then some guy from New York was like, um, again talking shit part two. Some guy. <laughs> Some guy from the city was like, I'm glad that um, there are other great communities out there, but I'll never give up on New York or whatever. He made his own separate status, didn't even tag me. And then Greg Eccles came in. Dude, Greg Eccles. I can't <laughs> fucking wait to talk to Greg Eccles, dude. 
Greg X, I've never met the guy. You've never met him? I've never met he's him. fucking hilarious. And he, I fucking can't wait to meet him because he's going to be on tour with us. I think he's meeting up with us in Copenhagen. Okay. Not only am I a fan of his movement, I've loved yeah. his videos. I'm a fan of his, like, shit talking. <laughs> and, like, I'm a fan of his just personality on Facebook. Because I, I'm, he's, he's, wherever there's a flame war, Greg <laughs> Eccles is in that shit. He's there. He's right in the midst, dude. I can't wait to talk to that guy. But what were you saying? So Greg comes up and he's like, he's like, yeah, if you want to put New York on the map, that's cool, but New York is not on the map, and it's probably never going to be on the map. <laughs> and it exploded, and it literally, like, the thread 600 posts later ended with the guy from New York being like, yo, the next time I see you, it's going to be hands. And I was like, Oh what? my god, what's that even mean? I don't even know what's going to be hands. What's that? Oh yeah, so so shooting the hands, uh, or throwing hands, or shooting the fair one, is the New York slang for fighting, basically. Okay. So he's like, I'm like, yeah, like, the next time I'm home, we'll talk about some things. It'll be great. He's like, no, there'll be no words. It's just hands. And I'm like, god damn it. So <laughs> so this whole Euro versus America thing, like, it, people have some feelings about it. Dude, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That but I, is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I can't wait. It's actually, I'm really bummed out because I wanted to, uh, Jesse and Corey are running through town, and they recently yeah. did that tour through Europe, and they might have some really interesting things to say and we could maybe have gotten them on the podcast but yeah. we're leaving like four days before they roll through Boulder with their off the edge tour yeah. but, uh, but I'm stoked that you guys are going because I feel like you guys are the team that like needs to go you know I, I mean, feel like we definitely got some representation athletes I mean I'm, I'm, I, I can't believe I'm traveling with Max, Dylan, Dante and Amos all on the same trip Yeah, and we're meeting up with just a fuck I mean go to mermlife.com look at the Euro tour there's just a fucking list that is just so <laughs> stacked of, of athletes we're meeting up with. Legends, you know, some of them. You know, Phil uh, Doyle's on there. Kai Willis, uh, you know, Callum Powell, some of the other store dudes. like Jim and Joe, um, or at least Joe, I think we're meeting up with. And Is Blaine going to be there? I think uh, we're talking to Blaine, actually, I've yeah. I've been waiting to meet that guy forever. So, I don't know. It's going to be a beast. <laughs> and I, I can't, I need to get, I can, I can barely understand the scope of it because I came into parkour in 2010. Okay. So I actually missed out on some of the super OG shit. And yeah. like, I don't even know sometimes, like, you know, people will reference, like, oh, Blaine, dude, Blaine. And I'm like, who's Blaine? You know, the first yeah. time I heard about him. And then I found out, you know, what yeah. a G he was and, like, how he, you know, revolutionized some stuff in a lot of ways. Yeah. I don't know. It's really cool. So it's going to be a pilgrimage for me in a lot of ways and also just a, a, a huge adventure. And we're going to set, you know, I don't know. It's just awesome in so many different ways, so... But thanks for being our guest, bro. Yeah, dude. Killing the scene. <laughs> Lucas Demovio, LD in the house. Uh, any last words? Um, train hard, train responsibly, and don't shortchange yourself. I'm trying not to do it, so just find what you love and make no excuses. Just work hard. All right, man. No excuses, work hard. You heard it here on Hype Draw Podcast. We love you guys. We're stoked for the second season. Um, Stay tuned. We're going to be putting out some beast podcasts. Like I said, we're hitting podcasts with all those people, or at least as many of them that speak English, as we can <laughs> on the fucking Europe tour. So follow uh, all of our shit and follow Height Drop and, you know, Merm Life. And, you know, we'll start, we'll start hashtagging, fuck, I think we're calling it the Helms Deep Tour. Helms Balls Deep. Right now is the best name we've come up with it. But follow our Euro tour and... Shout out at us. Let us know if you have any questions, suggestions. We love you guys. Um, We're out. Peace. Peace.